into episode 14 of Timberwolves Tip to Tap. That's tip as in tip off for the Minnesota Timberwolves and tap as in the best the Twin Cities craft beer scene has to offer. I'm Dan Hill and frontman for indie rock bands Southern Resident Killer Whales and Sender's Dream and I'm right beside Josh Dye with the Convene Training and Resilience Committee and we are super excited that you're joining us for the only podcast in the world to focus specifically on the world-class Twin Cities and Minnesota craft beer scene and the stay-after-class Minnesota Timberwolves. And right here next to you, Josh, <laughs> I am going to make like aromas of chocolate and vanilla with toasted coconut and light bourbon and go right into the beer. Josh, where are we broadcasting side-by-side live from today. Dan, you just can't seem to get over that we are inches from each other right now. Thanks to technical difficulties of my own making, which resulted in one microphone. Yes, sitting on the same side. It's cozy out here today at Forgotten Star Which is funny because there's literally like 200,000 square feet of available space. And these two guys are in one corner of the patio, (laughs) inches apart (laughs) at a picnic table. Yeah, one of the larger uh, breweries I've been to here at Forgotten Star Brewing, located at... 38 Northern Stacks Drive in Fridley. This is the brewery where Dane Moore held his live event on the night of the NBA draft lottery. Now, Dan, this is one of the coolest breweries personally that I've seen or visited. It's my first trip here. It's an enormous space inside, but it it feels modern and also warm. One of the areas that I love, it has this bench along the brewing tanks that has plug-ins for somebody who likes to work at breweries like me. Mm -hmm. Uh, I could see myself making a trip here to do that and it has a number of comfortable seating areas despite it being so huge that has like comfortable couches and chairs but also some of the wood tables that you've come to associate with the brewing scene on the exterior there's a patio with two bocce ball carts two two patios two, actually two patios okay two patios as well as two Get bocce ball quieter courts. when you turn away from the mic josh <laughs> oh yes <laughs> As well as, t- I, I'm getting excited looking at the bocce ball courts, Dan. There's two bocce ball courts here and uh, ample seating next to a, a large train yard. What were you saying about this train yard? Um, well, first I'll say there's ample seating, but we you wouldn't know it if we were doing a live video podcast. We look like we're on a first date. No, maybe a third date because yeah. we're on the same side of the table. There's a little bit of chemistry here. I, I don't know what I was going to say about the the train tracks, but it's funny. We're it's got a train yard going. Oh, oh I was you telling Josh, yeah, yeah, that just a little north from. So this is old stomping grounds of me. This is in Fridley. I used to live in Northeast, and I'm a runner, so I would find myself in this area a lot and kind of understand the geography. And so it's the largest, widest train yard between Kansas City and Chicago, where General Mills has a couple silos down at I, I guess it's 44th Avenue ish in northeast and close to the Camden Bridge um, over into my neck of the current neck of the woods Um, but it's a cool big sort of widely spaced industrial area across from Anoka Riverfront Park so there's a vast trail system that hooks up to trails pretty much anywhere you are in the metro would eventually lead you here by bicycle it's northern stacks drive but you're looking for these big orange new warehousey sort of things but I thought it was the northernmost of the northern stack drive stuff but if you're coming from the north don't turn at the first orange stacks warehouses come down to the second because there's just 
a lot of orange large buildings but it's really tucked back in there but speaking of the stack stand this is one way that makes it easier to find the the brewery i've discovered is that it has two large vent stacks coming out of the top that really make it stand out from the outside so why the vent stacks you might be wondering well it's located in what used to be the boiler room for Northern Pump Company. The history of this building is actually really cool. So the Northern Pump Company manufactured water pumps for firefighting from 1929 to 1941, when what happened? The United States was, was forced to enter World War mm. II. Within just months of the attack on Pearl Harbor, this facility shifted operations entirely, and then the first Navy ship gun left this building. Wow. The facility grew and became known as one of the most efficient and excellent manufacturers through the war. There's an E painted on the north stack of the building. That, that was an award given by the military for excellence in production. If a, if a facility was able to maintain its excellence in production for six months, it received an accompanying star to go with it. Well, Dan, how many stars are on that stack? You can't see. There are uh, six stars, meaning this facility was awarded, they say, seven times for excellence in production. So you got the E plus six stars. That's seven times for excellence in production. I'm almost done with a little history here, Dan. Wait, wait, wait. So the seven stars was awarded, but there's six stars on there. Are we getting to the forgotten star? Yes. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> What's even more amazing is that of the 86,000 facilities manufacturing items for the war effort, only 4,200 received the E and only eight facilities received six more six or more stars this being one of two left standing period wow so forgotten star brewing likes to use that as inspiration to embrace the challenge to maintain the tradition of excellence in production that thousands of minnesotans worked so hard for so dan speaking of production excellence what are you drinking today i am drinking the fridley strong ale i was originally coming in here wanting to just get the IPA, the standard IPA is a, a basis of comparison um, to other breweries, but I guess they're changing taps there. That's probably available as we speak, but I'm in the middle of this beer. Um, I tend to think of a strong ale as being sort of along the lines of like a scotch ale, that thing where you're getting a little bit of the booze through it, a little bit of just a robust and every sort of flavor main characteristic um, you can have. And um, I'm enjoying it. It's really good. It's balanced and yet kind of aggressive, which... Just is, like the Minnesota Timberwolves coming yeah, up this year? Yeah, just like our off-season. Um, <laughs> Has it been an aggressive off-season? No, no, no. I'm, just, I'm actually uh, kidding. But yeah. um, I, I will mention, you, you said uh, that Dane Moore did his infamous. It was the night of the... Famous, yeah, not infamous, famous. Well, it... It was it was famous by all appearances, but I guess infamous night of not getting the uh, not getting the lottery pick. But right. it, was, it was the night where we're likely not going to get a lottery pick. Dane just happens to mention maybe in the last day or two on Twitter that he's going to be out here doing a live broadcast with Brett Robson, and I, you know I'll listen to the the Brit and Dane talk with date night with with my wife yeah. Sharon so right. it's like hey let's go out and actually see this live and it's kind of tucked away you know who knows who's actually going to show up and we came out here we got here like 40 minutes early and so we went in got a beer and kind of sat down I got to chit chat with uh, Dane and Britt for just a couple of minutes and, and we sat down and then the masses arrived and then people started to show up and they started to show up and this is the largest brewery I've ever been to in Minnesota other than 
it might be bigger than the Surly Beer Hall. <laughs> it's probably not, but the out, but by the time you figure in the outside, it's huge. Um, and it was packed. It was like, it had to be a 600 to 700 people here or more because it, it, there was a line that just continued to extend outside. And I had a really nice experience with the one beer we had, but by the time we finished that beer, it was clear there would be no more beer yeah. for the rest of the night. I'm like, well, at this point I could go home and drink beer and just like catch the podcast at right. a later date, which it was actually never published, so I couldn't. Hmm. But um, all that aside, that was one experience. This is a very different experience, which is like the middle of the afternoon on a Thursday or early in the afternoon yeah. on a Thursday. Five um, o'clock somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> But it's nice and nice and kind of open and, and a, a chill vibe. But I, I agree with everything you said. It's a spectacular facility, yeah. both inside and out. And we'll probably play because we used to have our beer Olympics, like part of the games tour of of breweries in the area. And uh, definitely, uh, Bocce was not in the list of events at the time, and and they have it here. So we might have to get around to that. I will um, take you on, and I will take you down. <laughs> So let me tell you, because of a controversial trivia pursuit entry into that, (laughs) I was actually leading the beer. Uh, Josh is well known for being better at parlor games than me. Somehow I was barely hanging on. And then he, against his better judgment, agreed to do trivia pursuit versus me. And I I pulled ahead by one. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I... I had the Beer Olympics solved, but to keep the day interesting and competitive, I gave you an extra chance at um, Shuffleboard at 612 Brewing. You don't remember that from earlier in the day, but the Beer Olympics were decided. (laughs) Anyway, uh, back to the the beer here at Forgotten Star, Dan, versus um, our stupid competition that nobody really cares about beyond us and maybe your daughter Rose. It's... uh, I just had here the Bourbon Barrel-Aged Dark Skies. Yeah. Alcohol by volume, 10%, but I had a small sample of this one. It's a dark, strong lager aged in Knob Creek bourbon barrels. You know me and my barrel-aged beers. You know me and my bourbon. Yeah, that's right. So you might want to give this one a try next, but it looks for brilliant dark ruby color with mild carbonation and aroma of chocolate and vanilla with toasted coconut and light bourbon. Does taste, have that boozy vibe that a lot of the barrel-aged beers have, but even if you're not into that, they've got a double dry hopped IPA. Dan mentioned the regular IPA, the big stick. There's the boiler room, honey porter, a cream ale, a ginger sour, a Saison, uh, a Pilsner, and more. So a nice variety of beers here on tap as well at Forgotten Star. Highly recommend a visit here to to me, it's just a different vibe when you walk in compared to North the, Loop, North Loop, or even Northeast. You know the smaller footprint breweries that are like some of our very favorites. This just mm-hmm. like is a eye opener as you walk in, and it also has a private event space that you can rent out for weddings or or parties as well. Dan, I know you don't play fantasy football, but I could see this being a great place for a fantasy football draft party as well. It's actually a, enough space for a football game. <laughs> That, that, that's true, but not quite enough space for a live Dane Moore podcast. So that's um, right. something to keep in mind. We're going to need yet another, we're going to need a bigger brewery. <laughs> um, Anything else you want to say about the brewery before we uh, jump into off-season Wolf's Talk here? No, but I'll, I'll just uh, hijack the segue for a second to yeah. just mention a shout out. I've been getting into whiskeys the last couple of years. Um, this last weekend, my drummer, Krista, has a friend from college. No, I guess a friend from high school 
who started a uh, distillery in Isanti, Isanti Distilleries. Um, and we got sort of like a personal tour of the place. I mean, he does a tour, but, you know, then we got to chat with him afterwards mm-hmm. and everything because he knows Krista. Um, he built the facility. He was like the first in, in uh, distillery making, I, I don't, I'm not remembering much. Much from the tour, but it was fascinating. <laughs> and where, but, where is this again? Isanti, so okay. Isanti County. It's kind of it's a it's a rural location. Yeah. Um, but they make a bourbon, they make a rye whiskey, and of course, like until fairly recently, you could only make bourbon in Kentucky. So it's kind of a whole new deal to be able to do that up here at mm. all. But kind of unique. He's he's a real. Um, a very hands-on guy, like sort of constructed his own st- stills and kind of went through this huge process. There's this big history of temperance in northern Minnesota because of like Baptists or whatever there. Mm. And so, so he kind of went through like how that the evolution of attitudes toward that change and the hoops he had to go through to be able to create a distillery on his own property of this place where he lives and everything. It's a fascinating tour. And the what's the name of it? It's called a Santi distilleries okay Asante um, distilleries or a Santa yeah you'll you'll find it yeah. if you look for that but it's it's a um and the product is great so we got a couple bottles brought it back I'm I'm starting to get into that and enjoy it but I would recommend the tour I would recommend the spirits and uh, they also do a gin um but I'm not a gin guy yeah it's called Isanti spirits for those wondering gin bourbon and rye whiskey all right so speaking of Hoops, Dan. You talked about jumping through hoops. Through hoops. <laughs> How about shooting let's talk about hoops, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about actual <laughs> hoops now with the Minnesota Timberwolves, Dan. Here we are in early August of 2021. The draft lottery happened. The actual draft happened. Uh, and that brings us to our first segment of Hot or Cold. So based on draft lottery, based on the draft, off-season moves, what is your overall excitement level and why? Just gonna hold firm at an eight. Um, I'll, I'll let you go more in depth about where, wherever your take is here, because I, I figure mm. I'll probably get around to some of this later on. But you know, had we made some super exciting, you know, free agent acquisition to this point, something resulting from that. Now I'll use infamous again. The infamous Rosas on the phone call. Yeah. <laughs> you know, something resulted from that phone call that we were aware of at this point. Maybe it's a little higher, but at the same time, as you know, like I'm, I'm kind of excited to to run it back with the roster we got. Mm. So I'm, I'm still very excited about this upcoming season, and I'm holding firm at an eight. Josh. So the last couple of episodes, I believe I've said like I'm a ten, right? Mm. I was like I'm really excited for this. Was Which I is just nine? like really dangerous territory. Was I, was to I go a, to. or was I a nine? I don't. I think you were a nine. Yeah. Okay. I was a, either way. I've dropped to a six, Dan. <laughs> Even though I recommended you to read The Power of Doing Nothing, <laughs> you must not buy the philosophy. Yeah, well, so here's the thing. You know, I was holding it a nine, and nothing has changed, really, right? Nothing has changed. Sure, Tori and Prince has joined the roster, and but the team has not yet made a move that feels like, oh, this puts us to the next level. We haven't shored up what feels like the the weakness in terms of the the power forward position or the rim protector that that role and so i have dipped a bit uh solely on account of that and on 
you know, the enticing Ben Simmons rumors and and some of that. So I'm not, don't get me wrong, I'm not pessimistic. It's just like, oh, I'm settling in a little bit to now uh, getting my game face on, ready for the preseason. I'm just that, realizing like, It's about something. game time, and this team still has a tremendous amount to prove. Uh, and I think that there is a lot to be excited about from the, the year before, but now I really do want to see it and see it come to fruition. I'm starting to wonder here, many episodes in of doing this, yeah. hot, you know, hot or cold segment, whether I've been confusing excitement level with optimism. Mm. And you might be more in the spirit of the thing, which is like, hey, my optimism is probably still an eight or nine, but just they haven't given me anything to be excited about, and I'm not excited. And and I totally get that, because I, I guess I would say that, like, I, I have sort of, you know, it's a guarded optimism, it's, but nothing exciting right we like what's exciting is like oh my god somehow we unloaded you know Jared Culver oh yeah and whatever yeah. and like Miles Turner's on our team that's exciting yes. and literally that has not happened and so you're just kind of holding off waiting for that exciting thing doesn't mean that you're not optimistic about this correct season. as you will as you will discover here but yeah my I was excited because we came out of the season last season with some momentum and then it like, and it seemed like okay, maybe we'll get lucky and keep the draft pick. We that didn't happen. Maybe we'll make a trade on draft night, as Rosas is known to do. That brings in some fresh blood. Isn't and, it exciting that, that we're not locked into paying ten million dollars a year for like a, a, you know, lottery pick? Well, actually, we would have kept that. Yeah. We? Yeah. All right. But, no. but yeah, so it it is a matter of that. Well, nothing has happened yet to get that excitement level uh, high, and so it has dipped a little bit. But, Dan, let's go to the uh, freak out. What are people freaking out about, and how do we have to talk them back uh, back onto the ledge? Well, I was promising on Twitter, I was promising a rant. Uh, yeah, that's right. But, you said there will be a rant, all caps. <laughs> but but I'll just say, Josh, are you, the, the Dutch have discovered the secret to happiness. And they're finally sharing it with the world. The secret is Nixon, which is literally translated as doing nothing. The Danish people have figured out the transformative power that comes from not feeling the need to constantly be in motion and doing things. Mm. So this all leads, <laughs> as you know, like I was promoting the power of doing nothing last time and the idea that, you know, this is all kind of leading toward like, if you're excited about the way we finished the season, and then, and we'll get to these this more in depth later, but you know, off season with this team, more development for our rookies last year, and so on. And now you're, you know, it's like nothing happening, nothing making you more excited right now, and so suddenly people starting to get a little impatient and getting yeah and getting bored or whatever's happening. And as you know, it's sort of a mission statement of this podcast to like bring people back from like freaking out right and this whole thing is like what are people freaking out about and the narrative that you hear right now is this whole thing about people being like well you know i mean it's you guys understand people are tired of excuses you know they want to see action <laughs> and that pisses me off so much I was like, look I moved here in 1993, and I was following the Wolves in 1994. I have been to hell and back. <laughs> I have been here for 
everything this team has experienced, every bottom ass scraping moment of this franchise. And so I have a little bit of context with what I'm about to say. So are you ready? Yeah. Okay. You know, I don't care if people are tired or ex- of excuses or they're out of patience. I can't be responsible for other people's feelings. You can't? I can't. If other people choose to hold Rosas and company accountable for stuff that happened before their tenure, I literally can't do anything about that. To be clear, I am fully on board with evaluating decisions made since Rosas came on board. And he's culpable for a number of things. Has, has been well litigated. The the Jarrett Culver draft you could I I would throw in a lot of the sort of trash roster assembly at the beginning of last year the year before last year Mm -hmm. the the Bahamas summer oh yeah (laughs) all right but when I start getting this sense that there's a longer standing cynicism or impatience from the con years whatever sort of history Taylor has sort of <laughs> inflicted upon us. Yeah, you know, when I get a sense that that's bleeding into how people are perceiving things currently, I have no time for that. Impatience leads to irrationality, and that leads to hot takes and bad decisions. Now, if I worked in the marketing and sales department for the Timberwolves, well, then I'm paired, paid to care about those sorts of things. <laughs> but I don't. And I'm not paid to have opinions on the Timberwolves. Yet. Yet. (laughs) But all I can speak to is what I'm energized about and what floats my boat, and that's the sound of trains. (laughs) What floats my boat. Hopefully based on evidence and a desire uh, desire to enjoy watching Timberwolves basketball. And what I can tell you is... If this team did nothing else this offseason, I am super excited to see us run it back this year. And just because there's talk about, you know, uh, uh, you know, we might get this big trade, the big trade didn't happen. Like, when are these guys going to do something? It's like, chill out. It was a long shot. And it's August as well. Frankly, when I look around at, at money that guys are getting paid, when I look at, like, what – Duncan Robinson is getting paid, or I look at the way Miami, L.A., and uh, I'd say Phoenix are sort of locking themselves into deals Mm. for the next three or four years. I I don't know if I want that. Like, sign a guy, just to sign a guy is not necessarily a great thing. My belief is that market's going to cool off for some of these guys that aren't signed yet. And maybe we find that, like, because the, there's a lot of overpays. I can't see too many deals that have happened where I'm thinking, like, I wish I was in on that action, mm. you know. I think a good pillar is, like, as soon as Reggie Jackson is off the table, because <laughs> he was my prediction for the most serious, like, overpay in mm-hmm. this offseason. Someone's going to pay him and then just kind of let things melt away a bit, maybe Markinen's price tag goes down or maybe nothing ends up being a free free agent signing because as we know that's probably not what we're going to end up doing anyway it's going to be a trade so end rant end rant okay so i you know when you think about the what people are freaking out about is something i alluded to in the uh, hot or cold segment which is no 
noteworthy signing has happened yet. Not to disparage the Tory and Prince uh, trade, ru trading Rubio and ultimately as a part of that. That is trade. a train. That is a train. Yeah. I don't know if that's we're not hearable. In, we're not we're in a car accident. <laughs> the, uh, but Sitting side by side on our bench seat. <laughs> <laughs> but we get Tory and Prince and that's, uh, but it's not like the, oh, that feels like it filled the gap that we most needed. But we must remember, Dan, that this team, when it was fully healthy last year, on the pace that it was on, uh, would be a playoff team. And so when you talk about being excited to see us run it back next year, even if that big trade doesn't come, or even if that gap isn't filled, maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe it was. it's a nice to have at this point, but not necessarily a need to have to be competitive or to be in the mix uh, of the playoffs. And so I think the the freak out that people are having that they can come back onto the ledge is that, you know, Jared Vanderbilt, maybe he takes a, a leap over this next year. Uh, he's pretty solid this past year, and maybe he gets some gradual improvement and continues to uh, improve in that power forward role and maybe gets a little more effective at protecting the rim. Or maybe even if he's just exactly what he was last year, we still might be a, a playoff team this next year right it was and and that is actually were i to have time for a second rant yeah it would probably be about any time i hear someone talk about how far we are away as a team it's like oh you know well if we could just get to the play-in round this year mm. that would be a vast improvement we just need to see an improvement like that or like you know the playoffs are probably out of reach at this point but we just want to see if we can move along it's like why are people incapable of understanding that when the roster was not even fully constituted because Beasley was still out, but you can figure there's going to be some injury or something that you're going to have to struggle through. Everyone does. Yeah. So let's say even like the roster with Beasley out, you're you're playing playoff basketball. Yeah. <laughs> so why is it so hard to understand that that product that we saw at the end of last year going into this next year with Ant, if Ant doesn't take a leap forward, if McDaniels doesn't take a leap forward, that's an issue but we're sort of assuming they're going to get better. Right. Cat had possibly the worst offseason a player can possibly have last, last season. Last offseason, yep. He's working this offseason. He's also, like, maybe getting a little tired of the disrespect, and he's going to come back, like, just really killing it this year. Um, I mean, that's, you know, hoped for, and who knows, the hoped for versus most likely scenario. And in 30 years... Of following the Timberwolves, they've never exceeded my expectations. Right. So, <laughs> put that out there, because misfortune but it means, can come from any but corner. But it means you're due. <laughs> it means, yeah, gambler's fallacy. <laughs> but uh, it is entirely reasonable to assume that they are a playoff team this year. And I, I'm, I'm a little tired of hearing this idea that just sort of presumes that they're a long way away. So. So let's talk about free agency and trades. And I first want to get your, we have long time been big Ricky Rubio fans. And I, I knew that the moment that Rosas came out and said, oh, Ricky Rubio is really important to us and really important to our future, that he was probably going to be on his, his way out the door. And indeed, shortly after those comments were made, he, he was sent in a trade. How are you feeling about losing one of your all time favorite Timberwolves uh, players, Rubio, for a second time? There are so many layers to this. Uh, you, you know how, like, it, it's 
<laughs> it's such mixed feelings about he is he's like he's kind of I'm, for many years I, I called him my favorite player yeah. just, it, he just brings joy everyone loves Ricky Rubio um, he did start the season badly last year right however he came into season out of shape however how the fuck do you come in <laughs> to an NBA season out of shape yeah. that's inexcusable actually you know what like you <laughs> You, you have one job, NBA player. Right. It's like, get ready to play NBA basketball. So that was actually always a little bit of a mystery to me. Like, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, you know, he was out of shape last year. What? <laughs> Why? Yeah. He did have COVID. But wasn't that prior to, like, balling out in the bubble? I think so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. like, what? So he just, like, didn't. He was sad about COVID like all of us. Like, I have news for you. I'm 50 years old. I worked out like mad during during the pandemic. Yeah. And much like this podcast, I wasn't getting paid for it. <laughs> so I don't, I honestly don't get that. Like yeah. coming into last season, uh, uh, shit. <laughs> that said, I still love Ricky. Yeah. You know, and then of course to see him going nuts in the Olympics is is hard. But then you know that like oh ricky's gonna take what he did in the olympics and apply it to you know what he does in cleveland it's like (laughs) you know that's that's not how it works um sad to see ricky go i think on balance i think it was a good thing the the whole the the cap flexibility and just sort of like or i say the trade flexibility that gives us and everything on balance is a good thing i don't think tarian prince (laughs) I don't think their intention is for him to be on the roster mm. this fall, so I don't think it's worth that much thinking about, like, oh, how's he fitting? Because he's kind of redundant with Wancho. Maybe he's better than Wancho, but Wancho mm. maybe stays healthier. I don't know, but it doesn't matter that much. I think the thing that has not been talked about that much that maybe is worth it to talk about is that this really is kind of a vote of confidence for D'Lo. Because like, he, he was – he was kind of a good soldier and like, Hey, I thought I was brought in. This is my home. This is my team. And then you bring in the most beloved point guard in the history of this franchise to like take minutes away from me. And it didn't work to play him really at the same time. So the writing was on the wall there. And I just haven't heard people talk a whole lot about the fact that now this is D'Lo's team. He's literally the one point guard on the roster right now. I know they're going to sign, um, you know, uh, J-Mac? Uh, J-Mac, um, almost certainly. And we have a couple other six-foot-tall point guards yeah. that might be in the mix. But for sure, this is D'Lo's team now. And so I, I think that, that just in terms of that clarity and the vote of confidence in him, I think there's value into that that has not been talked about. Yeah, I don't know that I buy as much the vote of confidence for D'Lo. Really? As much as two other things. One, maybe a vote of confidence for J-Mac that he is a capable backup and that two Brit was right that yeah D'Lo and Rubio vote of confidence for Brit <laughs> yeah <laughs> that D'Lo and Rubio was uh, a match made in hell and so so you, you and got we the... all wanted to be optimistic about it where Brit was seeing it with really clear eyes yeah. it, it it now you know now the rest of us uh, see and so it it, to me, it is, uh, if you're going to put another mark on, uh, see, like, Rosas, one thing I appreciate about him, so I actually think he's far less uh, thinking 10 steps ahead 
I think he's just action oriented. Mm. And you like that? Well, I it's so, a, so my my, it's a my style. Yeah. 3D chess image that I put out of <laughs> yeah. Rosas's head superimposed on Spock every once in a while is not that accurate. I, you I, think it's, I don't think so. I think he you is. You think he's playing Connect Four? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I just think he's action oriented. Throw throw it against the wall until something sticks. And and I don't mean to like dim, dim, and that's not to diminish his like intelligence, his knowledge yeah. of basketball. But I think. His approach as an executive is one that's more uh, action-oriented and try things out, but also uh, end them if you see that your experiment is not working really quickly as well. So he doesn't get too attached to prior decisions, mm. which I think is a tremendous... Like a Tibbs. Right, yeah. He yeah. doesn't get so attached to prior decisions. He is action-oriented. Let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, he's moving on to the next thing. And if that doesn't work, he's moving on to the next thing. And... We'll see how that plays out long term. I have no idea how it will, but that's how I I see it. That, you know, they he he brought he brought Rubio in in that trade. I believe that made Jade McDaniel's possible. So you're talking about the 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 collateral benefits of an action oriented thing where you're thinking this is what might work, and it turns out this other thing I that think worked that you never intended, yeah. but it was as a byproduct of the constantly tweaking and changing and taking action I kind of like it for this franchise I guess because we haven't established a thing that works I think we we don't tend to give that enough credit sometimes that you know I, I don't even want to go back and try to like figure out what the butterfly effect yeah. permutations of things are but you know the same person that might be like oh he did blank move and yet they love Jade McDaniels and yet if blank move hadn't happened Jaden McDaniels wouldn't be on our roster and and sort of the idea that things are constantly in flux I also think about like the throwing the, uh oh I'm hoping this didn't uh, pause on us I'm checking in real time to see whether we're still recording we are okay. so <laughs> in my in my marriage I always throw in these various just like hey we should do this I should because Sharon tends to be a little more resistant to you know whatever and so I might be like hey, you know, like, wow, I've been doing some real estate searching in northern England, and guess what? There's, you know, a place that's like a quarter mile from the sea, a little cottage with views, you know, the, the, you know, the, the hillside, and then going on something else, and someday she might say, like, oh, we should move to England, and I'd be like, oh, you're actually calling my, you know, like, you're actually yeah. taking me up on one of these 10,000 things I put out there just to see what sticks. And you're saying, like, Rosas might almost be like that. So someone's saying, oh, he made some calls about this. Well, he made calls about everybody in the league, and then when somebody finally gets back to him on him, he's like, ooh, okay, now let's see if this makes sense for our team and what that, you know, what that result would be. And Yeah, yeah so that's that's how I would – that's my take on the – the Delo situation, the Rubio situation, the vote of confidence more for J Mac than it is for for Delo. And and yeah, we'll see where it all plays out moving forward. You wanna chat on free agency a little bit and the uh, with Markinen being the name that's getting floated out there right now. And yeah, I'll just mention one thing general about sort of the impatience. It's funny that like so say like Ben Simmons happens Tuesday of next week. Right. So suddenly it's like, oh my God, you know. <laughs> All the impatience now is like 
there's something about that it almost presumes nothing is going to happen. There's something like, why did nothing big happen? Why didn't this? Well, it's like, well, as far as we know, Ben Simmons is proud. You know, all communication is cut off with Philadelphia. He's still not coming back. This podcast is not predicting that Minnesota is trading for Ben Simmons, mm-hmm. but can you can we let something play out right. before we freak out? Like, let's let's if you're if you think the Wolves have to make a move and that's your prerogative, can we just let it go to the end? Uh, you know, to training camp starts and, and and see what's happened at that point instead of like freaking out before all the possibilities are dried up. You know? I, I just it it is that sort of like impatience leads to irrationality leads to stupid basketball takes like you you got a wise man once said you got to let it play out <laughs> Josh so I do want your opinion on the marketing rumors and not that we want to spend a lot of time on it because a lot of these rumors turn to nothing but yeah. if marketing ended up on our team do you like how he fits? Do you not like how he fits? Does it do anything for you? Yeah, so I like – I it, the general sense I get is that some people would be kind of excited just because something happened, but a lot of people are pretty underwhelmed about marketing, and there's like, well, he's bad. He's terrible at defense. So, like, that last thing we need is another front court guy that's terrible at defense. Mm. And I just want to say, like, I would be pretty excited if marketing came on now. He's had a little health trouble staying healthy and staying on the court. So that's, like, you want to take that into consideration. But presuming health. Um, if you're just talking about, like, his on-court contribution. So you got a guy that scored, like, 19 points in his second year mm-hmm. um, and has been in a system where he was sort of, sh- I mean, it does sound familiar, but sort of, like, sh- shuffled around, asked to do different things. You had Boylan in there. Now you got, right. you know, a, a, a new coach. And I think this idea, he's, so he's 23 years he's, old? Yep. <laughs> the people are sort of like, oh, you know, the conclusion's made on Laurie Markkinen. He's a terrible defender. And the thing I said on Twitter recently was, like, I wonder if everybody that is saying, like, oh, he's a terrible defender. I want it's like, how many Laurie Markkinen games have you seen? And how much are you parroting takes that you've seen other people make? And I think that happens so much we're like what 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 is the context you put around him terrible as a defender his defensive rating is no worse than bradley beals yeah (laughs) (laughs) but 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 you like you know you think they're so we we have bad front court players now you're in canada geese very close closer than the trains (laughs) just the experience you can have here forgotten star brewing (laughs) dan um, but uh, what was where was I with this? I got beer brain. So <laughs> we got guys like Wancho, and now I guess um, our new our new signee, our, uh, Torian Prince, yeah. who are relatively bad at defense, good, relatively decent at offense players. Well, Laurie Markkinen is kind of similar boat maybe but also maybe has a higher upside he's also a big boy he's like seven feet tall like he's he's seven feet tall but he's been shoveled it's like oh we're gonna be space and pace we're gonna force you to sort of be out here like who knows if he's been utilized in the best way possible and 
I don't know. I'm a little intrigued by two mobile seven foot players in our front court. I mean, you may, maybe we would be terrible with two mobile seven foot players in our front court, but maybe we wouldn't be. I don't know. I'd be interested in seeing what Chris Finch can do with that. And so that's one of those things where I think that like people are sort of writing him off based on eh, what they heard. But I don't know. It's a 23-year-old kid that came in like people were very, very, very high on in his second year, and, and things just kind of got knocked off, off kilter a little bit. Yeah. Dan, when we were winning games post-All-Star break last year, yeah, how were we winning those games? Offense. We were just outscoring people like crazy. Right? It was all about just like we are – winning games because we are scoring more points and I think Markinen might fit that mold pretty well and it maybe maybe depend and it all depends on what you can get because maybe we find a way to get Ben Simmons here in a way that's palatable without shaking up too much of the roster and maybe start getting some of that defensive balance but let's say that Rosas is not able to find a trade that is acceptable for Ben Simmons do you then potentially just double down on the strategy of we need more people that can shoot, we need to outscore more people, hence Rubio's out the door. Uh, even if you kept Torian Prince, pretty good shooter as well from outside. Markinen, great shooter. Cat, great shooter. Ansa became a much better shooter. D'Lo, great shooter. Like we'd really right. have Beasley, we'd really have uh, Nas Reed, Nas Reed. <laughs> Nas Reed. We'd really have. Uh, um, We'd really have some just excellent shooters on the roster and excellent scores. And so, yeah, it does something for me as well. And I, I would say to sort of, I guess, jump on the back of that. I just hop on my lap. It's yeah, so close. <laughs> it's so easy here. And it's bench seating at Forgotten Star. Um, what you're doing here with this particular roster construction, it's not like this is what you're saying your, your roster is going to be three years, four years from now. And so there's a certain thing. It's like, oh, yeah, maybe a 100% offense, 0% defense team is enough to get you into the lower tiers of the playoffs. Sure. So has that been proven many times in this league? And at that point, okay, you got your new ownership. You got this high-scoring, exciting team that sort of say like they're like Blazers, you know, 2.0. People are excited. There's a little bit of buzz. Then maybe some of those other deals you're trying to do, some of the attractiveness you want to have to other players as you continue to reshuffle things, you have a few more options. Like right now, you're not getting a lot of age, interest from agents and players, but if you can like throw a wildly imbalanced offense, <laughs> offensively focused team into the mix, you kind of get to that next step where then you're ready for your next move, which maybe does make for more of a balanced team. You get That's the point at which somebody like, a, I'm not saying Chris Paul, but like when Chris Paul decided that because of Phoenix's performance in the bubble, he was willing, he's like, that's the team I want to come into. So what happens when like this team is completely exciting and balling out and it's attracting the attention of some like bigger team that's like, oh, wow, Alex Rodriguez's team is like, scoring 126 points a game and ants dunking in everyone's face and it's like has this buzz and suddenly some veterans like i want in on that action and suddenly one of the three teams that uh, nicholas batum is willing to play hard for is the timberwolves <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah because it's just a good fit <laughs> yeah 
All right, so Dan, let's uh, let's hype it up a little bit. What are you most excited about at this phase of the summer? Summer league. Yeah, you're <laughs> no, in your summer league. <laughs> well, you know what? So I, I would not recommend another pandemic, and I would not recommend a season that sort of forces players to just kind of go like 12 months. But there's something pretty awesome about the fact that players had to like leave you know, get off the plane from the finals, get on the plane to the Olympics. So you're watching Olympic basketball. Yeah, with and a lot of NBA be like players. Yeah. Just wrapping up right as summer league's getting underway. It's like, it's just constant basketball. And like uh, two years ago, I remember FIBA was this blip. It's like, oh, FIBA. Yeah. I get to see some of my favorite players, you know, two months after the season ended, three months before the season started. And this year is just kind of constant, awesome basketball. And, Excited to see uh, what it sounds like Jade McDaniel's being allowed to sort of do it. He, you know, un- unveil a few things that maybe we didn't get to see him do within the system last yeah. year, and um, a couple of those rookies. And I, I have been following like, uh, um, oh, I can't think. Well, Isaiah Smith and the local guy, the um, I want to say McKnight, but uh, our our uh, first undrafted. Well, there was six foot. was it Isaiah Miller? Isaiah Miller. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and then our other there's a local guy, six foot. Oh, well. I'm did, losing my timber we, of crap. I don't know, I but didn't we bring in Nick Culver too? Uh, Not Nick Culver. <laughs> Come on. Oh, you're saying Night. Nick Wiggins? Is it JJ Culver? No, no, we're we're we're, we're totally getting mixed up here. Yeah. So so there's we got two six foot zero point guards one is isaiah miller and the other is the other the other undrafted and he's people are more excited about him he's like a dog that gets after it and he's from like william and mary college Eden prairie or something no no no, no. Is he? who did we get who do we pick up from william and mary dan it doesn't matter no <laughs> beer brain but anyway it, it, Josh is looking up. He'll get there. But seeing some, seeing some of those guys in action, just so we can get straight on who they are, and uh, summer league will be great fun. So I'm excited about that. The other thing I'm really excited about, as we've been talking about, is just running it back this next year. Um, you were talking about some of the reasons, but and we've talked about it before on this podcast. But you got another year under your belt. You got cat with an off season to actually focus on basketball you got ant getting older you got mcdaniels getting older you got finch implementing more of a system familiarity with this a little bit of continuity with the roster healthy delo um so yeah i don't know which i I, i'm more excited about running it back this next year but in the immediate it's going to be fun to watch summer league so i am uh most excited about a full off season with head coach finch and him having an opportunity to really have that preparation with the players and have more continuity going into the season, I think that could be tremendous. All right. I didn't know you were going to be done talking, so I was starting to do some research through it. Are we too? <laughs> oh, you know, it, it is time uh, to talk about something else that we're excited to hear about at the end of the summer. Uh, tell us all about Josh, our sponsor. Welcome to the party, Dan. Huh? Dan, we've been suffering through a hot, dry summer, but there is wet, wild fun to be had at 
Wisconsin's own Apple River Hideaway Campground and Tubing near Somerset, Wisconsin. And an hour's drive or less from most places in the Twin Cities, you reach the hideaway's 1.5 miles of beautiful riverfront sites and two full bars. Wisconsin! Along the popular tubing route. So people watching is at its best. The river is amazing right now, Dan, and summer weekends are awesome. Camping, tubing, campfires, cool people, cocktails, and night stars. Come out for live DJs on Friday and Saturday nights. And August 13th through 15th, don't miss the second annual Hope at Hideaway Music and Camping Festival. When you book for two nights or more, you receive one free tubing pass for each person that you book in advance. Get more information at tubetheriver.com. Again, that's tube, T-U-B-E, theriver.com. Apple River Hideaways. Tube drink party. <laughs> Two full bars. Two full and a bars. Campground. I love it. <laughs> All right. Blind spots, Dan. What are people missing entirely? So, <laughs> Trey Young, Devin Booker, Jamal Murray. These names. Guys that like many people would probably like at this point is like would you who'd you rather start a franchise around? Cat or Trey Young? Cat or Devin Booker? It's like it's a no brainer for ninety percent of the people or whatever. So those guys all have <laughs> true shooting percentages of somewhere between fifty five percent and sixty percent. Okay. And defensive box plus minuses of lower than negative one. Actually, between negative one and negative two. And that's like both career and this past year. I would throw Zach Levine and Damian Lillard in there, except their true shooting percentages are actually over 60%. (laughs) But D'Lo, true shooting percentage between 55% and 60%, and defensive box plus minus uh, between minus one and minus two. And I'm like... He's maybe not quite like some of these other guys in this last season when everyone got really excited about him, but also, like, for a couple of these players, maybe you go a little farther back in their career. It just it depends on the season. And you find D'Lo's best year when he was with Brooklyn mm-hmm. in a system that made sense and he was being utilized properly, and his numbers are about, you know, Trey Young this year. Trey Young's more exciting because his team made a deeper playoff run, but there you go. But my point here, I want to make this point about the defense of stars. And I have this theory, and maybe someone out there can isolate this. But I have this idea that, like, there's a certain class of stars, and, you know, you're going to... KG wasn't one of these. Kawhi Leonard isn't one of these. Giannis isn't one of these. But for a lot of these stars, they're just just not paying a lot of attention to defense because they're assuming that the game's going to be kind of tight and then there's going to be a moment where it matters and then when the game matters then they're going to get a real you know a steal at the right moment or they're going to you know lock in and shut someone down now there, someone like Zach Levine I would submit that he still doesn't know how to play defense even when the game is on the line mm-hmm. he, he might like lock down a guy man a man or steal a pass but he still doesn't kind of understand switching and, and that stuff <laughs> But most of these guys, like, when it matters, they can flip a switch. They just want to hope that the game matters, you know, and then then they can do it. And so they have this middling 
defensive rating, which you, you can be mad at them, you can hate that that's the way it is, but it does save a lot of energy for the offensive end. And I think we saw that last year, Cat <laughs> using a lot of energy on defense and seeing it mm. impact his offensive game a little yeah. bit. And so what I'm suggesting is I think D'Lo may be one of these guys that has been a victim of circumstance because he has so often been on a team that was so bad that this whole idea of like, oh, we'll be close in the last Doesn't five minutes. Apply. They weren't close in the last five minutes, and he didn't have a chance to prove it out. But we have seen in spurts, we've seen moments where he has been a very – effective, even sort of like game-changing defender in critical moments with those long, long arms and steals and blocks. And I I know, like, this, we are a pro-D-Lo podcast. Yeah. At some point, we may be litigating this versus the C&D podcast live on the air. But I think that he may have the makings, he may have the toolbox of a legit star without having to say like, oh, he's got to really figure out defense or he's got to take this level. It's like, he may be there. He just may need the circumstance surrounding him for that to be evident. That's a really interesting take. Okay. It, it, it's a take you won't hear anyone else, where else. Yeah. I don't even know if I look 100% have thought this through and believe it, but I think no, he's got a chance. It, what it is, Dan, is it's a hypothesis that we can see if uh, we can find evidence that disproves it. That'll be one of that can be a hypothesis we have going into the season. How does that strike is this you, though? Circumstantial defense that players play when the game's close enough and they preserve themselves offensively, but can defend when it really matters. Uh, there is like a gut check that it's like, yeah, that actually makes some sense, and when. Close and in the NBA, when games get tight at the end, it kind of like grinds down anyway a little bit. You know, the games kind of yeah. grind down at that point, and I think that is because players get a bit more intense on the defensive end towards yeah. the end as well. So yeah, there's a gut, there's a gut check of mine that's like, huh? Does Delo not a, know how to yeah, play defense? Well, that's my question. That that block he had against Jimmy Butler at the end of that game would show that he he's knew got how to do that. Some, uh, <laughs> Dan, give us your Timberwolf power rankings. Okay. All right. I'm telling you, that take, you're not going to hear that anywhere else. All right. So, well, here's a name. <laughs> the name that, the name that uh, you couldn't come we up with and I couldn't come up with uh, earlier. He's literally number five in the power rankings. Just other things that you'll not hear in other podcasts, just like takes after beer, after strong ale. Um, Nathan Knight. Everybody's talking about, about Nathan Knight, Dan. Nathan Knight, who I couldn't remember minutes ago. Um, no, so so it's kind of exciting. So Nathan Knight uh, was signed. He played a, a number of games for Atlanta. He's just one of those guys that has like an intriguing toolbox of like size and energy. Um, he's got a little more bulk than say a Jared Vanderbilt, a little bigger of a guy. Um, we're gonna see him in summer league. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things. You're you're hoping he can become a rotation guy. I don't think anyone's service assuming he's the power forward of the future. But we got like a lot of power forwards that aren't power forwards of the future or have had, and so it'd be nice to sort of figure out who's that that number one backup option guy. But people are starting to get a little excited about his. Well, also, he's like the one guy that we acquired that isn't an undrafted rookie this year, so um, that's why he's 
at number five. Okay, number four. Uh, that's D'Lo, who, uh, that's just, I'm kind of going with this. Like, he's, he's a featured player now. We, he's our one point guard. We got rid of Rubio. Um, and we're a pro D'Lo podcast, so. <laughs> Stay in the power rankings. Yeah. And, I, and I run the power rankings, so. <laughs> number four. Okay, number three. Cat, I'm going, it's kind of weird. So I'm going to say that this power rankings, this this time around it's not where the buzz where the the talk on twitter is really how i'm feeling about these guys yeah right and and, and i'm really excited about what we see out of cat this offseason we've heard nothing from nothing him. i assume he's like on a mountain somewhere mm. with a personal trainer and he's just gonna come back and just uh destroy the league and so I got him at number three right now. Interesting assumption. Dan, number two. Jaden McDaniels, uh, who there is a legitimate buzz about. Uh, quotes from Rosas saying that he's really going to be unleashed. Um, we're going to see what he has to offer in Summer League. And he's, as the Timberwolves release their Summer League roster, there's a picture of him right there on it. So it, I'm kind of excited about what's happening there. And I think a lot of others are as well. All right, Dan, and bring it home on the power ranking. Well, how can you not always perpetually 24-7 be excited about Anthony Edwards? Um, Who just turned 20, mind you. Yeah. 20 years of age. Couldn't even join us here at Forgotten Star for a for a beer. He said he was in, but that he, for this but episode. But then he was like, I am not old enough like, to drink yet, that's so maybe right. I should. He needed a chaperone to come in. So He wants um, to meet us at Dairy Queen, which isn't really what this podcast does. We will be does. meeting him at Dairy Queen on Central Avenue yeah. after this episode. So, But, uh, yeah, he's, he's already evolved beyond the need to appear at Summer League. That's how the sort of trajectory he's on. Uh, and he did get have that injury in some of the yeah, I figured that's with the Olympic that. team as well. But he probably was not going to play summer league anyway. But yeah, so he is uh, number one in this week's power rankings. Josh, uh, usually you always have a sixth man for us. Who you got this? Yeah, time? I want to go with Isaiah Miller. Uh, hopefully, future podcast guest. You know, oh, yeah. uh, you, you you do the the tweeting on the Timberwolves Chip to Tap. Uh, uh, Twitter account, and uh, you were retweeted twice by Isaiah. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I feel like he's he's a good sixth man. And then if I had to go a seventh and eighth man, mm. I would go with Ed Davis and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, guys that in prior last offseason people had a ton of buzz about. <laughs> and it's helpful to remem- remind those. Uh, I think it's helpful to remind all of us of just because something is available you know availability bias like oh this it's the flavor of the week and so now all of a sudden we love them we're interested in them they're the solution etc uh things often don't turn out as we expect on uh, on that or as uh, timberwolves nation expects and that goes to my point around all of this that we participate in is marketing it's designed to capture attention to keep eyeballs there to keep you consuming content and that makes me want to go back Dan to your uh, the Danish is the Danes secret of happiness Nixon which is sometimes <laughs> Dane Morris yeah. <laughs> the Danish people right yeah. Nixon which we is, are we Timberwolves fans are all the Danish people in the sense that we all love Dane Morris yeah, that's right <laughs> but uh, in this case the art of doing nothing yeah. and the art of uh, sometimes choosing to ignore the latest buzz can be helpful. So, but yeah, let's go with Isaiah Miller as the official sixth man hey, today. And I will say on your 
comment about the Ed Davis thing. I, I think I had actually meant to bring that up in relation to Lori Markin and that sort of the yeah. parroting the takes. We, I think you had maybe brought this up initially, but last year around this time, and everyone's just like, oh, I've always loved Ed Davis, you know. Yeah, Ed um, Davis, I followed him for years. He's just the guy that we need, you know, the guy that can come in. And they're saying all these things about Ed Davis. I am pretty sure that 50% or maybe way more than 50% of the people that said something about Ed Davis did not actually know who Ed Davis was until the <laughs> trade was done. And they were almost acting like aggregators. Is like, you see, you see Ed Davis coming in. Someone says something about Ed Davis, and someone else is saying something. And suddenly, you feel like you have the full picture, and you're like, oh, you know, Ed Davis, uh, you know, he's a consummate locker room guy. It's like you don't know that. You're saying that because like nine people on Twitter just said it. It's like you can't. I mean, you can do that. That's yeah. fine. And you know, sometimes it's all just it's, entertainment, it's, anyway. Right, right. Yeah. But it's. I just encourage people to think about when they have a take or they have an opinion about something. It's like, where did this come from? And maybe you have trusted sources, and you know. And I, I don't. I didn't know anything about any of those draft guys. I don't follow college ball. Yeah. And so, like, I have this take of, like, well, here's what we should do with Anthony Edwards, but it's not based on anything I actually know. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'm going by what trusted sources know, and, like, we learn what everybody, you know, we learn in a hurry what that actually means. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, it, we as a podcast encourage people to, like, you know, Think about your sources and think about, you know, like when you're putting out an opinion, where do, what is that really based on? And then again, Dan, I'd like to, before we officially close this out, it really doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. You know, right. it's like for the, it's like for the average uh, fan just tweeting, it's like tweet whatever you want. Yeah. You know, pretend to be an Ed Davis expert. Well, I don't care. If I base my opinion on you, that's my fault. I would much rather you have... <laughs> Tweet a some misinformation about Ed Davis than misinformation about COVID vaccines, right? Yeah, yeah. like that's what you mean. You don't mean like say whatever the hell you want. You mean say whatever you want about basketball. Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's exactly what. I don't mean. be mean. It doesn't don't say, matter. Yeah. Don't say make up a lie about something Ed Davis did in his personal life. Right. But, like, but if we're just having fun, about, yeah. If he's the best about, teammate you've ever had, great. Yeah. All right, Dan. So. <laughs> That will do it for a rollicking 14th episode of Timberwolves Tip to Tap. Follow our Twitter, if you would, at Tip to Tap. That's you spelling out two, so T-I-P, T-O-T-A-P. Uh, talking mostly Timberwolves and the general NBA. Yeah, everybody, thanks for tuning in. If you can think of anyone else who might want to join us for Timberwolf and Minnesota Craft Beer Talk, please let them know about Timberwolves Tip to Tap. For Timberwolves Tip to Tap, I'm... Josh Dine. And I'm Dan Hilton. It's a suffering world. I keep these for usually two episodes in a row and then I change it up. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yeah. A divided country, a still sweltering Northwest, and a burning Canada. Threatening virus strains more than threatening. And the NBA, as it was last summer, is a balm and an elixir. Give yourself permission to just chill out and escape in your love of the game, including the offseason. But, folks, be good to each other. Share a beer from 56. No. I mean, if, Dan, that's why you can't I keep know. these. 
can't keep these. We share a forgotten was, star I, beer. I can't believe how either much here it, or in their Fridley patio, <laughs> or at home on your own. There you go. I, I was li- literally thinking about that as I was approaching it in the script. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Gosh, but you may yeah. also want to share a 56 beer we or have an cl- inbound. We have clearly beer. shared Forgotten Star Beer. For a dangerous beer. man beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, no, don't say but, no but when I say to star. share a 56 beer. <laughs> Do that also. And then talk trade some future prospects. Laugh. High five. And get ready for Summer League. Go, Wolves. Oh. Thank you.